Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support WrestleTalk. Support WrestleTalk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever WrestleTalk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Chopper Pete Quinnell. I am your Jam That Champion, and I'm joined by your Quizzlemania champion, my intangible co-host, Tempest the Wrestler. I am the intangible co-host, the Quizzlemania champion, forever and ever, amen, Tempest the Wrestler. Mm. How you doing, Pete? Yes. I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing okay. I've had a couple bad nights of sleep, so I'm a little bit sleepy. Um, but I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention in that little intro of yours is uh, jam that jam tatty. Uh, that's uh, what I'm yes. calling it now. What one who receives a tattoo is a tatty now. Makes makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah finally just did just it. Ch- change the O's for E's, and there you go. You got your word. So yeah, you've got your jam that jam tattoo now, mate. How'd it go? Was how was it? Did you you went back and got a tattoo for the first time in years? Because parlors are open again. That must have been a bit wild. Talk yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. It was it was good. I really like my tattoo artist. I think she's just lovely. Super mm. easy. You know, it would be one thing if you didn't care at all about your tattoo artist, like whatsoever, and you just right. kind of had to lie there for a few hours and just like sit on your phone or try and make awkward small talk. Mm-hmm. That'd be one thing. That would probably detract from my uh, enjoyment of the whole thing. Sure. Of course, while you're getting stabbed with a needle thousands of times. Yeah. This is not the case. I really like the people at my tattoo shop. Uh, it was my first time going to this tattoo shop because they've moved during the pandemic. Okay. Um, one, 121 Danforth in Toronto. Give them a nice plug. Uh, Hydra Tattoo Collective. Lovely people. They... I have gotten all of my tattoos from people at this shop uh, over the years. They have, they have gone through quite a quite a history 
of moving shops and quitting mm. shops and opening their own shops and, and stuff like that. But they're good people, and so I always like to support them. Uh, yeah, it was it was good. It was good. Felt it was weird. I don't usually have that long of a gap between idea for a tattoo and then getting a tattoo. Mm. You know, it was like I wasn't getting cold feet or anything by it. Uh, but most of the time, it's like I think I'll get that as a tattoo, and then like a week later, I'll be like, "Hey, you uh, you got any time this week that I can come and get get some done?" And most of the time, it just like, yeah, that's how it all comes together. But of course, this uh, had very different circumstances where we pitched this idea at like the beginning of January. It was January 6th that all this came together. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get a jam that jam tattoo. I had the idea that morning before Quizzlemania and just be like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't know. I don't care. Just, I've got stupid tattoos already. What's one more? Um, and literally from there, it was just kind of like I sent my artist a message her name is mel and it was just like hey i'm doing this like charity thing do you think i could get like a tattoo something along these lines you know i wanted it's got to say jam that jam but i don't want it to just be jam that jam i want it to be like a little bit more came up with the idea of like kind of merging it with the tnt title because that was brody lee's title yeah. and everything so i wanted the connection there with the actual like what we were doing and not just being a company tattoo and stuff yeah. like that and we went back and forth on, on the design settled on one that uh that we were happy with and then it was just waiting for everything to open up and finally finally things are opening up again in toronto and the government has stopped dragging their feet and actually getting worker licenses to different places one of which being tattoo shops so i was able to get in there get the whole thing done i think the actual tattooing process was about three hours it was not That's a not comfortable too bad. three hours but it wasn't too bad yeah but yeah and that was that was my sunday i walked around downtown toronto with a dumb pink luchador mask and got you a few weird looks sure did yeah that's i sure did unsurprising i will say uh the weird looks uh but yeah well done man very very proud and uh yeah no that sounds super rad i do envy you though that you always have had a very short amount of time between an idea for a tattoo and getting it because i think i've had the ideas for my next ones for like three years and just like not been able to get them done through either <laughs> not having the tattoo artist available or money or a pandemic. Uh, so just like circumstances have dictated that I just haven't been able to get more like uh, this thing, believe it or not, this little rogue symbol I've got on my arm. It's not the finished thing. Funny that it's just a weird looking symbol on my arm right now, but it's not finished. There's loads of other stuff. I want to get around it, but I just haven't had the, the, the circumstances and the means to get it done, which is very upsetting. Um, but hopefully at some point, Fingers crossed I can get that sorted. Um, anyway, let's get into talking about NXT. Uh, we'll do some more chatting in the outro. Um, where we're going to be talking, uh, firstly, about Samoa Joe confirming his in-ring return and having a match against Karrion Cross at TakeOver 36. Isn't that crazy? Let's talk about it. But the first thing we're going to be talking about is this Samoa Joe 
in-ring return being confirmed, where he came out in a segment, came out to the ring with a little contract in hand, and uh, came out obviously very fired up, as Joe does. Sits down a chair, sits down a table, calls out William Regal. Uh, he says that Karen Cross is so, you know, spineless that he won't come out to the ring, and uh, calls out William Regal, and he sits down and he says, Hey, here's three three things for you in this little contract. This first piece, I'd like to immediately resign as the as management, um, as your enforcer that you'd only started like a month ago. Um, I'd like to formally resign. I quit. Brings up the second piece of paper. This will reinstate me as an active wrestler on the NXT roster. And the crowd went a little bit nuts for that. I kind of did a little bit as well. It was quite good. Uh, and then he said, ah, but I actually said this was a three-step process. This, if you sign this, this gives me an NXT championship match against Karrion Cross at TakeOver 36. Regal signs it. And uh, yeah, the, the match is confirmed. Firstly, I really liked this segment. Um, from, I thought, Joe's performance, I thought Regal's performance was also very, very good. I thought both of them were great. Joe's saying, like, look, Regal, I can see the fire in your eyes. I know what you want to do. I, kn- I know why you... I know you, you want to fire Karrion Cross, but I've got a better idea. Here's my other idea. Here's my pitch. I, I want to punish this man for laying his hands on you. Let me let me do this. Um, and yeah, and, and Regal accepted. Regal kind of like the twitching in the face I thought was a really good sell. And he's like, that that Karrion Cross, I want to get him back kind of thing. I thought it was really good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I thought this was really cool. And I am personally very excited to see Joe come back. I have my gripes with this segment, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But yeah, that was my overall thought coming out of the segment was that was a lot of fun. And I'm excited. Yeah, as far as the segment itself, I thought this was like an awesome, awesome segment. These two, yeah. just everything that they do together, even dating back to like their time in NXT in 2015 and 2016. I thought that was just awesome stuff then, too. But Samoa Joe and William Regal just have so much chemistry together as an on-screen, on-screen mm. pairing, and that really yeah. shined here. So I like that. That's good. That gets a big thumbs up. Samoa Joe's back. That's exciting. I don't know. <sighs> I don't want to be negative about mm. any of this because I love the segment, and I'm happy that we're getting the match. But I don't know if this was the original plan because Karrion Cross is now maybe getting moved up to the main roster, maybe, and we kind of need to hurry this along. But, like, I was really excited for cool Samoa Joe Enforcer segments, and we got them for, like, a week, mm-hmm. you know? It was, like, that first week where he was breaking up brawls backstage, and then he very rarely did that again. He would kind of send security out to stop things every once in a while, but that was kind of it, and it just feels like we've rushed to this point that being said i'm glad that we're here you know i would prefer to see samoa joe the wrestler than samoa joe the management guy but i would have preferred a more smooth transition to happen over time now that being said this match is going to be fun we've we've gone back and forth on carrying cross in the past and his strengths and everything i think samoa joe is just like a perfect opponent for him you know, very often the matches with two great big guys, like I've said, is just two tanks running into mm. each other, and it's not always the most exciting. I think Samoa Joe is the exception to that rule because he doesn't work like a tank. He's built like a tank, but he works like someone half of his size, and that's very exciting. And seeing him wrestle as a baby face, ooh, good stuff. I'm very excited for TakeOver. This and Walter and Dragonov. this is a very good start to this card. 
Mm-hmm. And we're the confirmation of the other match we got on this show as well, or most likely what it's going to be for yeah. the takeover as well. Just looking like it's going to be a pretty good card. I'm I'm quite excited. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you though. I I would have loved to have seen more of the Joe Enforcer role, and I I think they've probably rushed this along because Vince wants Cross on the main roster because of that mm-hmm. call up kind of messing with the plans a little bit. Um, but I think. If, if that is the case and they had other plans and they've changed them to this, I don't think it's a terrible waste. You know, I'm not just like, oh, no, they completely ruined the storyline or anything. It's not bad. Just would have changed it if it was me. But again, if that was out of their control, then that's out of their control. What are you going to do? Um, but yeah, would have liked to see more as, as Joe as the enforcer. But Joe coming back to the ring, I'm super excited for. I'm really excited to see Joe in NXT again. I always thought that as great as he was on the main roster, there was something missing from joe on there like obviously it was it well well, yeah mainly that but also just like the i I don't know what it was but just like his presence wasn't quite there like the 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 i i I, it it's an intangible asset that something Mm. was missing uh from from his main roster presentation and there were glimmers of it um when like he i really liked his match i think it was against Rey mysterio at wrestlemania 35 where he just beat him in like a minute because they were super duper rushed i was like oh cool joe is joe is dominating people that's great but obviously they just rushed it and there was never really a plan to do that but that sort of thing or like his feud against aj styles you know or the one time where he, he came out and cut a promo on smackdown against like everyone in about two minutes and it was the yeah. greatest main roster promo in like ever Stuff like that. There were glimmers of little hope of Joe on the main roster, but it never really connected in the way it should. I'm excited to get Joe back, like proper Samoa Joe back in NXT. And as and as a babyface, it's going to be different and unique because he was a constant heel uh, on NXT, apart from, I believe, his debut. I think he was a face, but then he very quickly turned heel and remained a heel as he should. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I just, I just want Joe back. I'm so, I'm so excited to see him wrestle again. And yeah, that takeover card's looking amazing. Yeah, yeah. The the Samoa Joe main roster run was very frustrating to me because for so long it was like we need a proper top heel on the main roster. Right. Yeah. Like you can never have too many actual top guys. And yeah, the chat's going off for for Wendy, Wendy, which was was amazing. Another fantastic moment. But like, I don't get what there was to miss here. And I said my Mm. piece last week about how it doesn't matter who you are. Vince McMahon isn't going to see anything in you when you go to the main roster because you can be big like Dijak. You can be big like Cross. You can be big like Keith Lee. You can be big like Samoa Joe. Doesn't matter who you are he's not going to see anything with you. Samoa Joe is another guy where it's like, do you need a top heel? Here's the best one you could possibly have right now. Yeah. And they yep. didn't push him in a top spot. He got like a little, he got the run with AJ styles in 2018 where he did really good work, but he lost all the matches. And then he had like his mid card stuff with Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy and all these different things where it was all so good. Like he knocked it out of the park whenever he was given something to work with. But for so Brock Lesnar, it's Brock Lesnar as well. So good. So great. And I, I maintain, like, I don't think I've said this on a podcast, but my pitch 
during that whole time period was to have Samoa Joe win the Royal Rumble and face Roman Reigns or face uh, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 34 instead of Roman Reigns. Mm. That match would have been so fun. Oh, I wanted to see Samoa Joe just be the top guy in WWE. And I get that he's like, he's older and he's not a WWE guy, but these are the things that you need to get over. Like, get yeah. over it, Vince, because Samoa Joe is a legit top talent. And I'm very excited to see him be a top talent in NXT again, because it's the only place in WWE it's going to happen. Yeah. And the thing with Joe in particular, the thing that I'm really looking forward to, and the thing that I think sets him apart from everyone else, is that he's built like he should be your stereotypical big heel guy. Just big brute, beats people down. But he's Uh so much more than that, because he wrestles like he's a cruiserweight, and he has the, the presence and the star power, and he can cut one of the best promos in the industry. Like, he's just... He's everything that you'd want in a wrestler. He can wrestle as a babyface. He's a technical wrestler. He's a high flyer. He's a big guy. He's powerful. He has star power. He has presence. He can cut an amazing promo. He has he ticks every single box that you would want in a wrestler. And God, yeah. I'm just excited he's, to get that, that version of Joe back. He's one of the only guys in WWE who can not only do the WWE promo, but can do it amazingly somehow. Yeah. And they still couldn't push him. I don't, that's the part that, that really gets me. Like (laughs) he's perfect. Yeah. He's a perfect wrestler. He's a perfect wrestler. Perfect. I love Samoa Joe. Like Walter. We're going to have two perfect wrestlers on the takeover card. It's going to be great. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's get into what uh, you guys think. Uh, make sure to get in your ultra chats at russeltalk.com forward slash support. Link is on the screen and at the top of the description as well. Make sure to get those in and we're going to read all the ones that are five bucks and up by the time the uh, by the time the show goes off the air today. Uh, Bacon Rasher says, Hi lads, Joe is so much better in NXT than on the main roster. His promo was awesome and I can't wait to see him back in the ring. I only wish we could get more NXT stars back for the main roster. Ricochet versus Swerve and, and Owens versus Cross. Yes, please. Hashtag liw i uh, me and tempest have spoken about this before about main roster guys coming back to to nxt it's a mixed bag it's yes and no for that um i don't want to see everyone come back i think ricochet has a ton to offer on the main roster he's just not being utilized i think he's probably better on the main roster obviously he was better on nxt he was actually being pushed and protected and you know actually had like a character and stuff like that but as resident high flyer man he's very very good at that and obviously you'd want him to do more but i i don't think he he would benefit that much from coming back to nxt sure he put on some good matches and i'm sure they'd be fun but i'd rather see other people come back over ricochet personally for example you know who i want to see come back is the nxt champion jeff hardy the nxt champion not on this week's show tragic tragic and i could be talking about jeff hardy i could be talking about carrying cross you'll never know yeah jose batista bautista no, sorry crazy he was a baseball player for the blue jays he's a very famous baseball player and he's emailing in about our show uh-huh <laughs> i'm sure it's the same one yep i love joe and nxt but i think it was a mistake signing back to them he could have he could have wrestled uh wrestled all around the world but instead now he's stuck in the vacuum of nxt imagine joe versus archer for the u.s title and the only two big matches i want to see is gargano and cole um i disagree with that personally like i'm sure joe wrestling elsewhere would have been amazing like yeah he could put on some incredible matches with some talent in AEW and new japan and impact and wherever else i don't think it's a bad thing he's in nxt i still think he can he can help that brand so much and he can put on some bloody brilliant matches because spoiler nxt's got some really great wrestlers in it yeah yeah i kind of agree kind of don't where i think saying it was a mistake is probably a little bit too harsh because mm. like if, if it's making him happy it, yeah. it's smoke joe like he's he's no gone around going, yeah he's wrestled everywhere and everyone it, it, he's entitled to do whatever he wants that will make him happy so I'm not going to say that this was a mistake by any means, but I will admit that I don't think any match that he could have in NXT excites me as much as the prospect of him facing Ishii, Shotokagi, Kenny Omega, like the really big, incredible matches in my mind that Samoa Joe could have had are outside of WWE. That being said, I mean, he's going to have a match with Adam Cole down the line. He's going to have a match with Pete Dunne. All these matches are going to be just, incredible and that's right. still that's good enough it's good enough to keep me satisfied when it comes to samoa joe matches 
there just is a part of me that wishes he could have wrestled Kenny Omega and stuff. Yeah, and like totally, you know. And as far as NXT goes, like, where's he going to go from here? Back to the main roster, or is he just going to be in NXT till I mean, he retires? You know, I think I think like he's that. getting on a bit, honestly. Like, I, yeah. I feel like he can probably spend a couple years in NXT, help elevate that brand, and then stay as like a producer and help out the the new crop of talent in NXT and I think that's a decent little role for him you know yeah. obviously we we'd want to see with the limited time he's got you know we we'd want him to go do all the big dream matches that we wanted to do but hey it's his choice <laughs> you know yeah, that's what exactly. he wants to do that's what he wants to do yeah it's it's like a very it's a selfish thing that I wanted to see the Kenny Omega thing but he's enjoying himself I'm not going to put that yeah. against him at all Let's get into the rest of this uh, NXT uh, review, which uh, started off with a little recap of Samojo and Cross from last week. Uh, and then there was a an announcement that Raquel Gonzalez is going to address the women's division later. And uh, Cole versus Reed would be the main event. But the opening match was uh, the tag team match of Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher versus Pete Dunne and Oni Lorkin. And this was so much fun. Um, God. Love this match. So yeah, so much fun. Like, these guys are all very, very good wrestlers. So much, like, technical wrestling and counters with submissions and, oh, so much intricate mat wrestling and, like, chain sequences. And I always love in this as well, when they, intentionally or not, mess up tiny little things. Like, it would be, like, Thatcher will get in, like, like an armbar or something. Uh, not like a Fujiwara one, but he'll have like a, an arm lock, I guess, rather than an arm bar. Um, and he'll be just too far away to get the tag into Champa. So we'll have to like readjust a little bit and then put his hand back out again. It's like, that just makes it feel like a little bit more real. You know, yeah. it doesn't feel perfectly polished all the time. And that th- that perfectly complements this style when it's a little bit scrappy and it's a little bit off, makes it feel a little bit more, a little bit more real. Uh, and I really enjoyed this match. So much fun. And I got very, very fast paced towards the end I thought it was really really good um but it got towards the the ending sequences of it um and then big return from rich holland no less who lest we forget was supposed to be part of the whole pat mcafee thing against undisputed era way back when but then he got a pretty nasty ankle injury and has been out since then uh and this time he he comes back and he clotheslines Thatcher on the outside, who had uh, an ankle lock on Oni Lorcan, leaving uh, Champa in the ring with Pete Dunne. Pete Dunne hits the bitter end and gets the pinfall victory, and Ridge Holland beats them both up afterwards. Interesting. I'm into it. Excellent. Excellent yeah. stuff. The match yeah. is so much fun. I totally agree with everything you said about the style. Like This, this style of wrestling to me is probably the easiest for me to suspend my disbelief. This is just totally. wrestling. They're just wrestling. It looks real. It feels real. It's not polished. It's gritty. It's really good. And of course, these four guys are some of the best at it. I said in the, the edited review that when you hear these four guys' name, you know what you're going to get. And that's exactly what we got. And it was still awesome. Like, oh, ah, love this kind of stuff. Love the match. And I'm really interested to see the Ridge Holland pairing with these guys. Like, mm. Sometimes the the factions that get put together are just kind of like, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. This is like, 
oh i'm into it you know i like i like that they're gonna give pete dunn and oni lorkin something else to do you know because it's just kind of been the two of them ever since uh uh danny birch got hurt but now having another guy who's big he's different he looks you know you can set him apart from the other two there's just a a lot of possibilities here and to me that's exciting i like this this whole group so far Mm -hmm. and i'm very curious to see where it goes rich holland cut a little promo in the parking lot later uh of him just being like uh champer and thatcher on the the first ones are beaten up and they won't be the last kind of thing cool to the point like it um yeah i'm excited for it after that we got a little promo uh from carmelo hayes who is going to be in the breakout tournament later perfect little promo we already know a couple little things about Carmelo Hayes because we already saw him make, uh, like face Kushida and against Adam Cole and things like that. But this was again, hey, I'm Carmelo Hayes. This is why I'm here in the breakout tournament. This is why I want to win. Here you go. Get invested in me. And I did. I did. Great. And it's great. It's all you need. It's all you need to do for these new people. Do a little promo. Say why they're there. Perfect. Loved it. My next note I have is hit row with an exclamation mark. And then... They are so cool. That's my notes for this promo because they they cut a promo. And let me tell you, I had to go back and listen to it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was like, was that Spanish? It certainly was. Um, so yeah, they, they went back and forth. They were cutting promos on Legado del Fantasma. They were cutting promos on Imperium. And they're just so cool. I, I really don't have much more to say than that, but they're just so cool. They're so cool. Yeah. I love this faction so much. And then just what I thought they couldn't get any more over with me. Top Dollar coming in with the Toronto slang. Just, oh, Cupid's arrow right to the heart. I'm not going to repeat what he says because I'm very white. And, <laughs> you know... I'm not cool, but I will I will say that a lot of the things that he said in this promo are how I and a number of people in my circle and in my city actually talk. Mm-hmm. And he's not from here, so that was a little bit like, all right, I guess you've been listening yeah. to Drake or, or something. But <laughs> I love this. Man, let's talk about the mandem. Let's go. Let's go. I love Top Dollar. I love Hit Row. I can't wait to talk about their match. It happened later in this show. The best faction. <laughs> we say this every week, but they're the best faction. That's so cool. I love it. Um, yeah. We then we then had the Samoa Joe segment where he got re-signed as an active competitor. We then had, we'll talk about all three of them now. We had the first of uh, LA Knight and Cameron Grimes had a series of... Um, vignettes through the night on a golf course okay so there were three of these promos through the night and i will say i enjoyed all of them i thought they were very funny uh i thought that they were obviously i can't say objectively because humor is subjective but i thought that they were funnier the funniest thing they've done probably since cameron grimes has become a butler this was the funniest set of vignettes they've done. And I, I was laughing quite a lot at some of these. Some great lines in the first one about Cameron Grimes having to wash his balls. I, I was, I, I'm a dumb child. I thought that was funny. Um, yeah. And in like, in like the, the, the third one, LA Knight gets hit in the balls with a golf club. 
is funny. Cameron Grimes celebrating getting the hole in one from that shot is very funny. Like the Grizzly Drum vets who showed up later, I thought I wasn't a huge fan of them being there, but the role they played, they played it very well. They were very funny. It was all, it was all really good, funny stuff, and I laughed a lot. However, <laughs> Ooh, now, that's a now, word. I'm I'm letting you take the the lead on this one, pal. They don't like it when I criticize things. That's true. So I'll do the criticizing. So I will say, superficial level, very funny. Was laughing a lot. Love it. Now I'm going to preemptively, because I know some people will say this in the chat. I know, I I know you. I know you, chat. I know what you're gonna say. Don't tell me to turn my brain off. And just enjoy it. Because I can't do that, for one. Two, I'm reviewing this show. If I turn my brain off and don't think about it, I wouldn't have any thoughts about the show, and it would be a really boring review. And I lost my train of thought. I thought there was a third point. There might not have been one. It's fine. So, what I thought about this, okay? When you have a story, uh, a show-long story, you have the three vignettes, I knew the chat was going to come in with it. Turn your brain off and enjoy it. They're already there. Um, <clears throat> when you have the three segments through the show, they need to be telling a show-long story, or should tell a show-long story, right? They can tell an individual story in each segment, but they should feed off each other to tell a grander story. And we know the story about um, Grimes and Knight, and we've had our criticisms with it in the past. We thought they kind of got back on track last week with, like, uh, Knight forcing Grimes to do stuff he didn't want to do, getting other people involved. Thought it was really good with the whole Drake Maverick stuff, being forced to like punch Drake Maverick. Thought it was right back on track. The first of these three was LA Knight being a dick and Cameron Grimes just being like, hey, I'm Cameron Grimes. It's whatever. I don't mind. Which is the story they were doing two weeks ago. I thought they would have had more consequences for last week of him finally having to do something that he can't just be like, hey, and play off as being happy-go-lucky. Eh, fine, whatever. That's, that's not a big deal. I just thought there would have been more, more played off it, but that's okay. Um, Second one, Ally Knight's still a dick. So that plays off the first one nicely. That's good. Ted DiBiase comes in on a golf cart and gives a big rousing speech to Cameron Grimes to be like, hey, you shouldn't have to deal with this. You're a champion. Guys like that, they're just going to leave you in the dirt all the time. And you're you're worth much more than that. Um, so big rousing speech. Cameron Grimes looks off pensively. Yeah, maybe I am worth more than that. And then in the third one, LA Knight was a dick. And then Cameron Grimes was somehow talking up LA Knight and be like, hey, you shouldn't disrespect the million dollar champion right there to the Grizzled Young Vets who were also there. And then he hits him in the balls with a golf club and then gets a hole in one. And then for some reason, I think LA Knight thought that Grizzled Young Vets did it, even though the only person that could have done it could have been Grimes, even though he was looking at Grizzled Young Vets. And then he chased off Grizzled Young Vets in a golf cart. Um, and then there was almost like the, the, the vibe coming out of it was almost like we could see like a Grimes Knight team up. And I was like, that doesn't fit with the other two things that happened on this show at all like why is hmm i like i was laughing a lot of these segments i thought they were objectively very funny but my my overall coming out of it was like i feel like i'm just confused about where the story's going at this point like i don't i don't know what these achieved you know when i came out of it i was like what 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 has the story done in this episode i would i was i was getting mixed messages through these and i don't know if i enjoyed what the story was 
It just felt a little bit out of place. I don't know. Like the Ted DiBiase stuff felt a little bit out of place. I would have thought that would have come later or there would have been more consequences for that in the third one because Ted DiBiase was in the second one. I, I don't know. I just felt very confused. If they had cut the segments after the Ted DiBiase thing, I would have like mm-hmm. loved this. Like, yes, absolutely yeah. loved it. If that was the last thing we saw of them on this show, I thought this would have been perfect. Because the first one I thought was like hilarious. The whole sure. time I'm just like, I'm waiting. LA Knight like winds up his backswing. And I was like, I knew it was going to happen, but it was still funny. And just like Cameron Grimes just starts talking and distracts him and everything. It's good stuff. Love that. I love the second one with Ted DiBiase where it's just like, hey, man, I know you gave your word, but never sacrifice your pride and stuff like that. And I was like, good. I felt like we were we were progressing this. And mm-hmm. the issue that I had with everything two weeks ago when they did the Butler segments at the mansion was that I don't want there to be the payoff of the angle at the end of each show. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the first time LA Knight gets pushed into the pool and it's like, ha ha, the man fell into the pool. I get that the idea is that Cameron Grimes is unbothered by this job and that's going to piss off LA Knight and you build up to the next match. That's good. I like that in those segments and in these segments, but I don't want Cameron Grimes to get the last laugh at the end of each show. I want him to get the last laugh at the end of the feud. And that's the difference where if this builds up to the match and Cameron Grimes finally gets the million dollar championship, I think that's the the obvious direction. And I think that's the smarter story. But if he keeps on, he pushes him into the pool the one week and then this week he hits him in the balls and then clocks him on the head and everything like, Take that part out of the story. You can still think of something else that's funny, but I don't want LA Knight to be the one on his ass at the end of each week. He's the one that should be above them. You yeah. know what I mean? That that was it, my whole thought process. I still liked all three of them. I thought they were all yeah, funny for exactly, sure. Yeah. But in terms of the storytelling, I definitely want the payoff to come at the end of the rivalry as opposed to the end of the show. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it, it would be weird if Grimes is always the one getting the upper hand and then wins the feud. It would be the equivalent if like people were having a feud but constantly fighting in the feud and having a load of matches and one person just kept winning every match and then won the feud at the end. The one person would look like a complete doofus who just kept losing all the time. And if Grimes keeps coming up and being the getting the upper hand and then wins the feud it would make Knight look like such an idiot. If he's the one who like only just managed to win the million dollar title before, had Grimes as his butler, um, did nothing, and constantly got destroyed by his own butler, by his own omission, and then lost the title, he's going to look like such a chump coming out of this. Um, and I feel like they had something last week with Knight forcing Grimes to do stuff he didn't want to do. He finally found something that Grimes couldn't just blow off and be like, hey, I don't mind doing this kind of thing. And I thought they were going to play off that more a little bit. And maybe they will in time. You know, maybe in future weeks, they will go back to that again. It just felt like this kind of, it went, it felt like it was a bit out of order. It's gone like week one, week three, week two, in terms of the actual weekly progression of this story. It was was strange. I I just felt a little bit confused coming out of it. But... It was very funny. And if you guys want me to just turn my brain off and go, ha, 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 I did. All right? I, I, I laughed at the things. They were funny. Yeah. I thought this was by far the funniest set of segments that they've had together. Like, yes. by far the funniest. 
These, yeah. this, just like the setting of them on a golf course, it started and I was like, this is exactly what I wanted. Yes, like this is 100%. the exact kind of segment I want out of these two and just missed at the end for me. But otherwise I thought this was just great. Yes, indeed. We then had uh, a match in the breakout tournament of Carmelo Hayes versus Josh Briggs. I thought this was really fun. I don't know I anything about this. Josh Briggs, but good God, what a big boot into a choke slam! Yeah, I, I popped. I popped big time, and I don't know whether this was just Briggs. It was probably more to do with Hayes' selling of it. But I thought Briggs looked fantastic in this. I thought both of them did a really good job. That that I popped so hard for that big boot into a choke slam because the choke slam was massive. Because Briggs is a six foot eight lad. He's a bit. He's a big dude. And he just absolutely nails him with a big boot. Great sell from Hayes. And Briggs just lifts him up 17 miles in the air for a choke slam. It was really cool. Uh, but Hayes manages to come back, hits a, a like a, a John Cena-style leg drop to the back of the head over a, a, a bent-over foe thing yeah. uh, and wins. Yeah. Right. I, I, shout out to the one person in the comments of the, the news video today. It's like, oh, that's Valkyrie's top rope leg drop. Watch NXT UK. It's like, okay. Because that's All what right. people think of when they see this move. Knob. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah. But yeah, I loved, I loved this match. This match was so much fun for two guys that are still relatively unknown to the NXT crowd. Like, it would be very easy for a match like this to fall flat just because people aren't as invested in the characters. But they did such a good job of just telling the story of little man versus big man, but the little man eventually wins. Like, mm -hmm. I cannot put this match over enough. Car Carmelo Hayes is so fresh on this mm. show. I want to see him just all the time not so much that he'll get like burnt out and not fresh anymore but i want to see more and that's the goal of these things is to introduce us to new characters and make me want to see them more love this i love this guy he should be like the next north american champion or something mm -hmm. yeah and we had uh, awesome. duke hudson was on commentary for this one who will be facing carmelo hayes in the next round we actually got brackets now <laughs> we got a bracket wild how you have brackets at a tournament um, so yeah, I'm sure that would be a good match, and I'm expecting Carmelo Hayes to win that one as well. Um, and yeah, I thought um, Duke Hudson was great in his match in the first round, so I'm I'm mm. assuming, hopefully, it's going to be a really good match for the next round. Quite excited for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we then had a backstage promo from Frankie Monet, who said that she can rebuild the Robert Stone brand from the ground up, or take it over, or whatever. And then Casey Catanzaro and, and Caden Carter came in and be like... Don't come after the women's tag team titles. We want to do that. I didn't uh, like this. No. I didn't like this at all. No. Like, no. I thought I thought uh, Casey and Caden <laughs> were really annoying in this segment. Like, she's not saying we're gonna go and challenge for the titles next week or anything. She was just like, mm. yeah, you know, there's like a lot of possibilities. We can start from the ground up. Maybe you and I can be a team. We can go for the tag titles. And they're like, um. No, you get to the back <laughs> of the line. And yeah. it was like, okay. That's a heel promo right there. Calm down there, short, yeah. short people. Like, let's let's pump the brakes on that. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, I just I didn't like any of the people involved in this segment. I'm supposed to cheer for somebody, and I well, I'm not cheering for anybody. No, exactly. Uh -uh. This in combination with the match later. Well, I'll talk about it later after the match, actually. But hey ho. Yeah. Uh, we then had the um, 
Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. Then we had the second LA Knight Cameron Grimes promo. Got my notes mixed up. Then we had Raquel Gonzalez coming out to the ring to address the women's division. Uh, though it was more about Dakota Kai addressing the women's division. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez cut a little promo to be like, I'm so dominant. And then Dakota Kai just did a, a hype promo being like, hey, she's the most dominant NXT women's champion ever. More dominant than Charlotte Flair. More dominant than Asuka. More dominant than Shayna Baszler. Cap. Yeah. Lies, Pete. Yeah. That's not true at all. Yeah. It's she's dominant. But she's she not... is dominant. She's not she's the not most as... dominant. Not as dominant as Asuka, who was literally undefeated. <laughs> the as as dominant as you can possibly be. Yeah. Champion for like five hundred days. Never yeah. lost a match. Relinquish the title to go to the main roster. Still undefeated. Yeah. 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 Captain. Um, yeah. But it's fine. Uh, because it was all leading up to Swerve. Shock horror. Dakota Kai turns on Raquel Gonzalez. Finally. Um, and yeah, gives her a kick to the face. Holds up the title. Throws the title on her and walks away. I'm really glad that this happened now, I think. I think their partnership has genuinely run its course. I always felt like they were a bit, little bit mismatched to start with. No, well, not to start with, sorry. In, in recent months anyway, because it felt like Raquel was the big star and Dakota was also kind of there. And it felt like originally, you know, Raquel was brought in to be the muscle of Dakota Kai and their kind of relationship changed over time, which was fine. And then they were a tag team. And then Dakota was always kind of the plus one. And I think Dakota's more than that on NXT. I think she has the potential to be a lot more than that. I think their partnership run the course and it should make for a really good takeover match. I don't know who's going to win, but I could see Dakota Kai winning this one. Honestly, it could be time for her. I, I don't know. I don't know what they want to do with Raquel. She could just continue to be a dominant force. I just don't know who Raquel's going to face afterwards is my thing. That's the point. That's the point yeah. where I don't know. Cause we've been waiting for the Dakota match. Like that's been the match that's like, Oh, well, I don't know who she's going to face at this takeover, but down the line, we've still got the Dakota match. Now we've got that. And it's kind of like that last trick you've got in your pocket. And after this, they need to start building up someone else. And I don't think they've really built up anyone else in the women's division just yet. Like you could go with Saray or something, but She's had like three matches and never really been pushed as a big star. So there's still a lot of work to be done there. But I mean, at least we'll, we'll get a match at the TakeOver show that is a big deal. It won't be just another filler NXT women's title match like we got at the last TakeOver. This one is a big deal. This is a big mm -hmm. storyline moment that has consequences and has been built up over time. That's good stuff. Two thumbs up for that. And the segment was like really good too. I thought that they maybe should have given it a little bit more weight in terms of like the actual show. It just kind of felt like something else that happened on last night's show. But as far as the work that they did, I thought they did a fantastic job. Yeah. I will also say, I thought that Kai's promo did feel a little bit out of place because she never normally cuts a promo like that. And it almost tipped off the fact she was going to turn. I would have preferred it to be a complete like out of nowhere thing maybe even kai cut a promo after she did the turn kind of thing to be like hey i've had enough of you or whatever but they could always drag that out they've got a few weeks until takeover yet but maybe i would have preferred it to raquel to cut the promo 
and Kai maybe just says like, yeah, you're the most dominant champion in, in, the, in the NXT women's division in history. They both hold up the hands. Yeah, let's celebrate. Her music plays. And then Kai does the turn. It's just like a one-line promo from Kai. I thought that her talking for too long almost tipped off that the turn was going to happen. But that is a very minor nitpick. Overall, I'm very happy with this segment. thought it was very, very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Cole backstage cut a great promo because he's Adam Cole. That's what he do. Um, I genuinely, if people haven't watched this episode of NXT or, or NXT in a little while, I genuinely cannot describe well enough how good a promo Adam Cole is because he just, it's so natural. Every single word is just talking like he's having a conversation. It doesn't feel like he's playing a character. He's just saying things and saying them in such a convincing evocative way every single time he's genuinely it's one of the best promos i've ever heard every single time he does a promo it's so good every single time it's unrivaled from what i've seen from just just that level of having that amount of charisma is just ridiculous i love it he's such a superstar right he genuinely feels like the biggest superstar on this show he's Mm -hmm. just yeah, I could just say the same thing over and over again, but like he's a genuine wrestling superstar that's on our little gymnasium NXT show. It's like right, I, want, yeah. I want big buildings back, even if it's just full sale. I need I need something different. But I don't know the best, man. I want Takeover to be in an arena. I don't think it is. I think it's still in the CWC, but I want it yeah. to be in a big arena. Also, Mod Mother, yes, very funny. He must get his public speaking skills from his father, Michael. That's funny. It's funny, Jenna. <laughs> Give you that one. That was very good. Oh, man. Um, we then got a little backstage pre-recorded promo from Io Shirai and Zoe Stark, where Io Shirai is training. And then Zoe Stark says, hey, you don't have to train alone anymore. We're a tag team now. Moreover, you're the tag team champions. But sure, yeah, we're a tag team now. And then Io is like, I don't like you. And then Zoe Stark is like, oh, man, you just need to trust me. And Io's like, okay. Oh! It felt like they were giving Zoe Stark the comedy role here. Well, bad. Um, why doesn't Io like her? Can you remind Cause me? Because she's edgy. She's still got like a little sure. bit of that bite from when she turned heel. That's sure. it. Sure. I got no other reason why she doesn't like Zoe Stark. Cool. All right. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, pfft, no idea where that's going. Don't really care. Mandy Rose having a chat backstage with Gigi Dolin and JC Jane. Also, don't really care. Anywho. Why? Very quickly. This is a small nitpick. Mm, yeah. Why was this the one segment in this show where they're like, there's a camera over there. Right. They do so many things in WWE <laughs> where, oh, Come here, heel. You and I are gonna we're gonna plot to go and murder this baby face or kidnap them or something. You gotta gotta do all that sort of stuff. There's a camera right there. There's always a camera there, but this mm-hmm. segment. It's a camera. Go away, right. camera. Right, Tim. What you're doing. Right, see, I can solve this. What you're doing there is you're thinking about it. And what you need to do is turn your brain off and just enjoy uh, it. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> This um, is a nitpick, yeah. but it's something that yeah. I notice a lot. Yeah, yeah. The invisible cameraman. Cameramen are always invisible. Cameramen are always invisible. 
apart from when they're not. Yeah. Um, then we got a women's tag match of Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter versus Frankie Monet and Jesse Kamea. My first note for this match was lol what, which was in relation to the finish. Um, uh-huh. Because Robert Stone gets up on the apron at one point and chucks his shoe at Frankie Monet, sort of. He threw it, he's, I think he's supposed to throw it for her to use and was saying, use that, use that. Okay. And Frankie Monet loses to the the 450 neckbreaker combination sure does um why is robert stone the worst manager ever not not saying him as a person his character his booking that he's had in nxt he is the worst manager there has ever been in nxt in wwe maybe like nothing he's done since he's debuted has been successful. None of his ventures has worked out. None of the people he's worked with has been successful. He's barely got any wins under under his belt and always costs his talent matches. Like, he's just a really bad manager, which then begs the question, why is Frankie Monet with him? What does she want out of this? Why is this a thing that's happening? Why did Frankie Monet look at the Robert Stone brand and go, that's where my career move needs to be? Like, that... As the character, that doesn't make any sense for her to do. I ooh, I didn't like any of this at all. I don't like this pairing with Frankie Monet and Robert Stone. We've said throughout that, like, I don't know why they're pairing them together. This is a losing act, and Frankie Monet's a star. And the first it- match that she has as she's paired with these people, she loses. Yep. I there's no justification in my mind right now for this pairing. Like if you just want her to be in a tag team with Jesse Kamea, like, okay, but I don't care about that enough to warrant her losing. You know, Frankie Monet felt like a big star on this show. And she has like the really cool entrance. She's got the good music. She's portrayed as a star. She's got this crazy fluffy, ring entrance gear the whole deal she's got a good presentation and then she goes out and she loses because she's paired with this nobody i didn't want her to lose a single match until she got an nxt women's title match like build her up she doesn't have to be like the dominant undefeated force but she could win because there's no reason for her to lose yeah i i will say i didn't mind and you and i might disagree about this I didn't mind her losing on this show, and I didn't mind Hit Row losing on this show. And I know we're going to disagree about that one, but nah, I I don't mind new things losing. As long as they've been protected a little bit, and Hit Row definitely have, and Frankie Monet definitely has so far, I don't like it when every... Because it, it was a bloody cliche at one point where every single new person they got in NXT went on a massive undefeated streak. It's like... Not everyone can be that good. Like, Christ, I'd rather they save the big undefeated streaks for, like, the big talent, you know, like people like Shinsuke Nakamura and Alistair Black and people like that when they come in. Give them the big undefeated streaks and not an Asuka, you know. Not everyone. And I think they they had a reason, might not be a very good reason, but they had a reason for Frankie Monet losing. It's not like she just lost because she's bad. And Hit Row again... They were protected in defeat, so I don't mind them having a loss, so they're not still, oh, they're the undefeated team kind of thing, because I, I feel like that gets over overdone at this point. So I don't mind it necessarily, but also, if you're going to have them lose, make it better, because this wasn't very good. Yeah, 
Yeah, Vegas. and the the difference that I have between like having an undefeated streak mm-hmm. and just having someone who wins, there's like there's a difference to me where again, like in AEW, they don't portray Christian as this undefeated dominant mm-hmm. performer. He just doesn't lose, you know, right. and it doesn't have to be like like Miro is portrayed as this undefeated, unstoppable force. But not everyone has got to be like given the Oscar undefeated streak gimmick, you know, yeah. it's like I don't think Frankie Monet was going to be portrayed as like this undefeated top star dominant force, whatever. It's just that I don't want her losing a match that she doesn't need to lose. And right. I don't want her paired with this goofball yes yeah that's the main thing just get her away from it brings the character down and i don't want that yeah uh we're gonna have to whiz through at this point because we do need to finish bang on at four because that's when we're doing wrestlers hook after dark uh so roderick strong cut a promo with malcolm bivens uh it gives him a little bit of a character i guess Mm, not enough not really a lot though because they just said we're going to beat Bobby Fish. And hey, I didn't want to be involved in the Undisputed Era drama, but Malcolm Bivens is the one that brought me back. And now I'm going to wrestle. Cool. Cool. Yep. Strong versus Fish next week. I'm sure it will be underwhelming. Uh, we then got the <laughs> re-announcement, because they did already announce it on Twitter, that it's going to be Walter versus Dragonoff 2 at TakeOver 36. Oh my God, I can't wait. Because um, their first one on NXT UK was yep. so good. So Oof. good, such Oof. a good match. Uh, so I'm I'm so bummed for this one. I think it's gonna be really good on at Takeover as well with a crowd this time. Oof, so excited! Um, Very exciting. Then we got Imperium versus Hit Row. My first note for this match before the match properly kicked off: Hit Row are gonna lose thanks to Legado del Fantasma. I'm a genius uh, because that's exactly. What... And then I said Imperium will challenge MSK. And I think that's probably the way they're going to go. So I think they they needed Imperium to get a win because they wanted them to be the tag team challengers, which makes sense. Imperium do need a win. They're kind of been a bit eh lately. So I think giving them a win against Hit Row is very good. Hit Row being protected furthers their feud with Legado del Fantasma in defeat. I think all of this made sense. It was a good little match. All of this was good. Yeah, I don't really mind Hit Row losing. Yeah. I will say the the thing in the news video was a bit. I don't I don't really care that hit row lost i care in that they're my favorite team and if i suspend my disbelief i was like no i want my favorite team to win yeah you know i want i want hit row to win i want them to win all their matches and be undefeated and be wwe champion and hold all the belts and everything like that this was a very fun match i think top dollar has a lot of charisma he's very agile in spots and then not as agile in other spots. I think he's definitely still like learning and Mm -hmm. he's very good already. Like his Mm -hmm. elbow drop, I thought was like insane. His flying knee was like a little bit less than perfect, but still like there's a lot of potential where it's like, you know, a few more reps and all of a sudden a flying knee from guy that size is just going to be incredible. Thought the match was really good. I like Ashante Adonis. I like Isaiah Swerve Scott. Everything about this was very fun. And then we got the finish where it was, you know, Legato del Fantasma took out Isaiah Swerve Scott. Top dollar ran over the two of them and chased away Santos Escobar. And then uh, Ashante Adonis got hit with Imperium's powerbomb finisher. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. Yeah. I like the match. 
I just I want Hit Row to be tag team champions instead of Imperium or MSK I at this point. <laughs> I know you do. In time, patience, Tempest, patience. I want it now. No. Uh, then we got the final Grimes and Knight promo. Yeah, my note here is I mean, I was laughing, but like, I don't know what was happening, was my note uh-huh. for that one, which I think makes sense. Then we got The Way did a promo. They're doing an indie on a pole match, but not on a pole. Um, uh, it's going to be Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis. If Johnny wins, no more Dexter Loomis. If Dexter Loomis wins, then they have to give India a shot with Dexter. Cool. Then we got the main uh, event of uh, Bronson Reed versus Adam Cole. I thought this was, a, again, a very fun match, this one. Really, really enjoyed this. I think that Adam Cole is really good at somehow, I don't know how he does this because it's such a fine line to walk. He always looks like he's on the back foot, but never looks like less of a star. All the time he does this in almost Excellent. every match he's in. Excellent way to put that. Yeah. He's always like, he's not cowering away from people, but he's always just like, he's always on the back foot. He's always like, feels like he's in a much weaker position, but every single time he, he never feels like he's weak and always comes back. And he's always like, he's amazing. I love, I love Bronson Reed. You guys know me. And, uh, and I love Adam Cole. It was just yeah. a great, great little match. Adam Cole won clean. He moved out of the way of a tsunami, hit a, a last shot, got the win on Bronson Reed after a bloody Panama Sunrise as well, which was very fun. Panama Sunrise is a really stupid move, but yeah. it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's fun, stupid wrestling. That is the one time I will turn my brain off and just enjoy it. Because if you think about it, it makes no sense whatsoever, but it's fine. Um, but then Kyle O'Reilly comes out, uh-oh, as Adam Cole is celebrating, smacks Adam Cole on the back with a chair, gets the, the steps off, and there's a brain buster on the steps. Oh, no, Kyle O'Reilly, you're doing bad things. Oh, no. And then the show goes off the air. Um, I like this. After the promo last week where Kyle was just like, I need to find myself again, or whenever it was, two weeks ago, him saying, I need to find myself again, and, you know, I... I um. <laughs> Sorry, I just got distracted by the chat. Uh, I need to find myself again, you know, in Undisputed Era. I, you know, I may, I may do things differently now, but I got results, didn't I? And, you know, I didn't recognize myself in my match against Adam Cole. It was kind of like teasing this kind of like, he's kind of losing it a little bit side of him because he lost to Adam Cole. And now he just, he's obsessed and he can't get past that loss to Cole and he just needs to rectify it. I like it. I'm liking where this character's going. And I, I think the crowd were right to boo him. I think that's the point. I think we're supposed to be like, oh, Kyle, what are you doing, buddy? This isn't you. What are you doing, man? So yeah, well, this was good. Yeah, I thought the main event was really fun. Still not like at the level of like the perfect five out of five NXT main events, but a very fun match for sure. I don't know about the post-match bit, I'll be honest, because mm-hmm. it was like, to me last week when Kyle beat uh, Austin Theory and didn't let go of the knee bar. I thought that was good walking the line. He's doing more aggressive stuff this Mm -hmm. week. I was like, that's just a heel move. Like it's just a full on heel move. Cause Adam Cole just like beat him clean in their match at the great American bash. He just was the better wrestler. And this is still where I think that they've gotten things out of order here where Kyle O'Reilly should have been the one to win the wrestling match. And then have Adam Cole win the match with all the shenanigans and tomfoolery because in the in the end of things, Kyle O'Reilly should be the better wrestler because he's the babyface. Adam Cole should have to cheat in order to win. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of out of whack. 
And then we've got this where I guess they're going to have a third match at TakeOver. I was hoping they were going to wait a lot longer for the third match, but we're just going to do it now. So it's it's fine. I don't know. I don't feel like I would cheer for Kyle O'Reilly after this. And that's still the point of what they want me to do because I don't think they're going to do just a straight double heel match. But I thought it was all like well-performed and everything for sure. I don't think they're going to do a double heel match. Do you think there's a possibility where there could be a double turn? Where Adam Cole goes babyface? Maybe. To me, right now, it just kind of feels like when we got to the third Gargano-Champa match and it was just, Mm. well, Gargano's not as hot of a babyface anymore because now he's a dick. Mm. Yeah. You know? And to me, it's still like the best match those two had was the unsanctioned match, the first one, because Gargano was as high as he could be as a babyface and Champa was as high as he could be as a heel. And then they just kept bringing Gargano down as a baby face. And by the end, I yeah. was personally like, I don't really, I'm not as emotionally invested in it anymore. And I feel like that's yeah. what we're getting here. And it's yeah. a, little, a little frustrating, but still they do good stuff. So I'm, I'm yeah. interested personally to see where they go with this Kyle stuff. Cause I don't know if it was an out and out heel turn, but it was like, Kyle, you're doing very heelish things. Stop doing yeah. those heelish things, Kyle. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to see what they're going to do with it. Um, yeah, I'll wait yeah. to see how it goes, but it's yeah. where I'm at after this show. Yeah. Uh, so that was the show. Uh, overall, I thought this was really fun. I thought there was a lot of good stuff on it. There was a couple of things that I wasn't huge fans of, but, you know, th- there was enough covering it to make it, like, still a- an enjoyable show. I would have given it a four out of five, personally. Um, wasn't quite perfect, but still overall very fun. I think I'm... Because I, I gave it a five out of five in the edited review, and I think I'm a little bit swayed because a lot of the things that I really liked on this show, we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast, like the Samoa right. Joe stuff, the golfing, all that sort of stuff. I really like the Carmelo Hayes match. I really like the opening tag, all that stuff. We kind of talked about at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think I still will give it a five out of five just because like the little things on this show that I thought weren't, weren't the best were pretty minor in the grand scheme of things. But the mm-hmm. overall aspect of the show I thought was just very good. Let's get into the rest of your Ultra Chats then before we get out of here. We'd have to speed through these ones. Uh, Charles Berg says, uh, I'm sure all the matches at TakeOver will be great. They always are. However, it's very hard for me to get invested in anyone from NXT for very obvious reasons. I tried a Tempest pickle sandwich. It's not for me. I prefer the Elvis sandwich. Jam that jam. Damn, that's the first person I've said that the pickle and peanut butter sandwich is not for them. I don't trust you. Something wrong with Charles Berg. Wild. Hannah Allen says, just between us squirrel friends... Uh, I love this NXT roster, but this WWE system, they all deserve better. And when the when the comparative is still only Raw and SmackDown, I feel like uh, I feel like the shows should be kept separate but given equal opportunity. Shrug, right? Yeah. I I don't even know how I would try and portray NXT at this point. It's all out of whack. Sure is. Yeah. Kevin says NXT should do more tournaments. They're really good at it. I think Hudson will beat Mello in the semi semifinals and face Odyssey Jones in the final. That could be a fun match. I think it should be Odyssey Jones, Carmelo Hayes in the final, personally. Yeah, I, I think Trey Baxter might beat Odyssey Jones, but yeah. I could also see him not. That's one where I think it go either way. I do think yeah. NXT should do more tournaments. I think that would be more fun. You know? Yeah, they are very good at it. Van mm-hmm. Twinblade said, uh, could the Night Grime stuff work better if they went more Looney Tunes Tom and Jerry with it? Yeah, probably. 
I mean, they kind of like did if, that on this week. Yeah, really. exactly. Yeah, if they do it well, then yeah. If comedy yeah. is done well, it's funny. If it's not, it's not. Yeah, totally. Michael Dominguez says, uh, I don't like Hit Row, and I'm not here to change your mind, but don't you think that Spanish promo is racist? No. Uh, with race tensions and mm-hmm. rising uh, number of blacks attacking Mexican americans here, it's beyond edgy. If Drew cut an Indian promo with an Indian accent on gender, how would you react? That is not the same thing in at the all. slightest. Not even close. Not even a little thing. bit close at all. Speaking Spanish is speaking their language. Like, if he did an Indian accent, it's very different from speaking Hindi. Like, those are very, very different things. So Yeah, remember when yeah, no. Jinder was saying racist things to Nakamura? Yeah. And that was bad? It was also yeah. different. Yeah. Is, yeah. is that, yeah. Uh, Kendall Anion says, uh, personally, I think Dakota's promo was perfect. I like how she sa- uh, she ends it by saying something like, you'll continue to be the most dominant champion as long as I'm by your side. Then Swerve was brilliant. I think that was great. If they own, if they had that be the only line of the promo, I think that would be that would have been better personally. But that's just me. It was a nice little touch, though. Again, a little bit of nuance for this very nuanced uh, storyline we've had. Yes, Dakota guys did some fantastic work with a subtle storytelling from the offset. Hannah right. Allen again said, uh, "Hello, champs." Apologizes. <laughs> good start good start apologizes for my form recently not the real me just experiencing lockdown and time off i just love WrestleTalk talk content and community so much and it turns out i tune in no matter what lol that's a compliment i hope lots of love always hashtag liw444 life you don't need to apologize hannah we appreciate the support as always you're wonderful you're great Absolutely. uh ghost of, yeah ghost of sound says i do love the AEW pod because of AEW, but the best duo is definitely dare i say intangible love you both could i request uh an attempt at vic joseph's climax noise impression to me he sounds like pleakley from lilo and stitch lmao i'd have to hear it i'd have to hear it myself i don't know off the top of my head personally yeah. um but yes i i vic joseph is, is an interesting one all right tempest i've got exciting news for you Ooh. are you ready it's the best exciting kind of news. news right so i've been on tinder for ages right mm-hmm. and it's it's soul crushing <laughs> it's it's awful i hate this app. sure is yeah uh i have arranged to have a date at some <gasps> point with a woman which is pretty wild uh, yeah, wild. Yeah, Where did you go? Casanova? I know, isn't it, isn't it crazy? Um, so yeah, don't know when because her days off are Wednesday and Thursday, uh, and mine are not those days, so we'll have to figure that out. I'm assuming maybe around SummerSlam because I'll have some time off from like live reactions and stuff, so maybe around then. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, that cool. I uh, spoke to yeah. person, she seems pretty cool, and we might be having a date, isn't that nice? That is pretty nice. Dates yeah. are dates are fun. I remember. I wouldn't dates. know this. This would literally be <laughs> if this does happen. This would literally be the second date I've ever been on in my life, aside from already being in a relationship with said person. Well, yeah, I still count those as dates. It's a different kind yeah. of date for sure, but yeah. it's not like I've never had any interaction with women in my no, entire no, no, life. No, no. But it's okay. So okay, this would be the second first date yeah. I've ever had with someone. There we go. That that's what I'll say. Um yeah. which would be 
super weird but yeah no it should be good and i i just thought you wanted to know that because i i think that everyone wants to know that really of course of course yeah. everyone wants to know about our dating lives and <laughs> and, and, and everything and like that as probably interesting life honestly <laughs> but you know yeah, that's fine. as uninteresting as they as they probably are in the grand scheme of things very much uh, so yeah yeah oh well um another interesting piece of news it's not really an interesting piece of news uh went to the gym this morning mm-hmm. um and normally on the tvs they've got the news um they've got maybe like a music channel or whatever this morning they were playing wwe raw and i was like please stop one because one because raw was a bad show and also because i don't want to think about work all the time (laughs) when i'm at the gym just trying to concentrate and out the corner of my eye i can just see charlotte cutting a promo i'm like oh god (laughs) just don't want to be thinking about this how dare you complain about something like watching wrestling disgusting how don't, dare you don't no, i already I'm... i do i i don't regret quote tweeting that guy on twitter i might have went a bit hard but man he, he wound me up saying that i yes i had some right. thoughts and feelings about it but it's fine i'm i'm also or you guys would have already heard i guess uh because this is the outro uh i i have some thoughts and feelings about cameron grimes in la night and I'm gonna pre. I I would have already preemptively told people to not be mean about me <laughs> before I say what I'm gonna say, because I know Spring people are gonna. Mind. Yeah, because I know people are gonna be like, just stop nitpicking, just enjoy it, just turn your brain off and enjoy the thing. And I'm gonna tell them to not say that before I say my thing, because it was you funny. Know, but yeah, it was other things that I didn't like about it. But you know, yeah. it's whatever. Yeah, I I don't want to say these things, and I won't say them on like the live portion mm-hmm. where we're actually talking with people who get their panties in a bunch about uh, about difference of opinions and whatnot. But when mm-hmm. you tell us to turn your brain off and watch the show, I'm oh. going to talk to you like you have no brain because that's <laughs> yeah. what you're telling me. And also, I again, I might have already mentioned this on the live part of the show when someone says. Turn your brain off and enjoy the show. It works if you're a casual viewer and you go into the, you know, go to the cinema, watch a Fast and Furious movie. Totally. Turn your brain off, just enjoy it. Whatever. It makes a lot of sense. We're literally reviewing the show. If you want me to turn my brain off and not have thoughts about the show, do you know how boring that would make the review? Because I come on, I'd be like, hey, this match is fun. Adam Cole faced Bronson Reed. It was fun. And then I'd be like, that was fun. That's the cool, whole next review. Seg- next segment. Hey, yeah, no, this is funny. Cool, next segment. Because I wouldn't have any thoughts about it because you told me to not think about it. Oh. I Again, I might be repeating myself because I might have already said this on the live show. Um, but hey-ho. Uh, that's what's been on my mind this morning is people being mean. Uh, thanks, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. I, I felt like this would be a more appropriate uh, uh, arena for for me to voice that opinion because i feel like the people yeah. that would go out of their way to either watch this or you know mm-hmm. they're the members they're the ones that that yeah. care the most or if they go back to listen to this on the podcast then i feel like it's like another step out of your way to listen to this part on the podcast you mm-hmm. know i feel like it's a more dedicated following that we would have yeah. probably so yeah. remember not talking to all of you 
No, just the people that it applies to. So exactly. And if you feel like it applies to you, then maybe have a think about why it applies to you. <laughs> 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 maybe have a look inwards. That's all I'm saying. Um, oh yeah. But uh, hey ho. Um, I'm trying to think if there's literally anything else that's happened in my life recently, and there really isn't a lot going on. Because uh, we don't have any emails. Come on, guys. I know we literally just said that the people get to this point are like the most dedicated and like loyal part of the fan base and stuff. I want to know where are my emails, people? Support at wrestletalk.com. Please send us emails. Um, because we want to read stuff out. Because otherwise, we get to this point in the podcast and go, we have nothing to talk about. Because, you know, we have nothing to talk about. Because our lives, yeah. funnily enough, are pretty boring. Because otherwise, we, I could just talk about work, which is, you guys don't want to hear about it. I promise. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. Like, send, send, us, send us emails about your pizza toppings, about yeah. your, your Marvel Cinematic Universe hot takes. I know we were doing mm. that a week ago. Yeah. Stuff like that. Talk to us about Pokemon. Talk to Pete about uh, uh, speed running. Talk to Pete about yeah. D&D. There's yeah. so many things. There's like, there's gotta be enough of you out there that listen to this part, that have interests, that coincide with our interests, and then we could talk about them. Give us a like yeah. a one sentence email. We'll run with it. Let's 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 make yeah, it happen. Yeah, totally. We just need the the jumping off point. Um, oh, what was I going to mention? Something about as you were just talking, I thought of an idea of something to very quickly mention. MCU <laughs> hot takes. MCU hot takes. That's what it is. That's what it is. It was MCU hot takes. All right. Um. Avengers Age of Ultron is really bad. There you go. There's a hot take. It's really uh, bad. Like, like uh, really bad. Like, really bad is probably it's, a hot take. It's, it's really bad. Like, I, I, I left the cinema being like, Ugh. <laughs> it's not good. And that's po- possibly because the expectation after the first Avengers movie, because the first Avengers movie is amazing, to then go into the second one and just be like, like, I feel like it is bogged down with so much stuff in it. And I don't think it's necessarily Joss Whedon's fault all the time. But, like, it's just non-stop quipping. And it is, we need to set up this sequel. We need to set up this sequel. It's Ultron doing a funny line. It's Tony Stark doing a funny line. Here's this thing that we're not going to properly explain. Here's this scene. The one good scene is the hammer lifting scene. That's great. Everything else is really dumb. And I don't like it. There you go. Right on. There's, there's my there's my yeah. hot take. There's my MCU hot take. I've I've liked Age of Ultron less and less. Uh, yeah. The longer it's been out, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when it came out, I really liked it, and then I just liked it. Then I didn't really like it. It's just kind of like there's a lot of those moments where it's like Joss Whedon's comedy writing, and I'm like, yeah, I don't like I don't like this part. I don't yeah. like this part. But I think. On the whole, I think it's a movie that if it came out 10 years earlier, people would have loved. Yes. Because, you know, it's like, oh my god, look at all these superheroes! That's crazy! Mm-hmm. But since yeah. it's been out for so long, that yeah, whatever. Marvel. Yeah. Anyway, we gotta record a podcast. Exactly. Yes, we certainly do. Uh, so yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Please send in your emails. Support at WrestleTalk.com Email. 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 Um, that'll do it for this episode of the Wrestle Podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We really do appreciate it. Stay safe. We love you very much. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.